0: Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.
1: All right, let's move on. It's my great privilege to bring the Word today. I'm going to try and make it as as applicable, as practical as possible. I felt something in God, but Father, I ask for your ability to share with your people. I pray for your Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit to be with them and to bring to life what is from you, and to, Lord, just may it die a quick death if it's not of you. But, Lord, you know where the seeds need to fall. You have prepared the soil of hearts. I thank you for that, my God. In Jesus' name, amen. So I look at um, uh, the book of Thessalonians. It's It says, Paul wrote this letter to encourage new believers in their faith, to exhort them to godly living, to give them assurance about the eternal state of believers who had died, and to defend the integrity of his ministry as an apostle. It's uh, one of the first letters Paul wrote around about 50 to 51 AD. Now he writes this to a church that he started and then was chased out by the Jews, and he has sent Timothy into Thessalonica, which is around about Greece. Think round about that area. Not, not too good with geography. But he writes to them, and it's a very informative book. He starts in, in verse 1 in chapter 5, and he says, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Should we not be reading this to our neighbors and to ourselves? Don't be surprised if the great day of the Lord arrives. It's going to arrive like a thief in the night. And should we not be encouraging one another with this to say, do you know it's going to arrive like a thief in the night? Perhaps you should get off your behind and go and speak to those people that don't know him because it's going to arrive like a thief in the night. So it's a book full of practical things and reminders. Very helpful for you to read, first and second letter. It's very good for you. I picked a portion for us this morning 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 to 22. I'm hearing some pages, and I'm not seeing other people look at their phones. So either you know this book off by heart, which I will say respect to you, or you are just sitting there and wanting to be fed. But we heard from brother um, Brandon this morning that it is better to give attention also than to receive attention. Thank you so much, my brother. (laughs) Are you there? Let's read it together. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Respect those that admonish you. I thought we'd get to stamp our feet and walk away and hold a grudge until it grows into bitterness and resentment and slowly the relationship die. Um, But this is not what Paul says. He says, respect them. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. Let's just pause there. So he says, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but do good to basically everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Good circumstances, bad circumstances. And he says, this is the will of God in Christ. People come to me, I don't know the will of God for my life. Admonish the idols. (laughs) Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. It's right here. Then he goes further and, and he says, he adds to it. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecy. But test everything. Hold fast to what is good. And abstain from every form of evil. We can just put period full stop right there. And that is enough. You want to know the will of God for your life? You don't have to wonder about it a lot. It's right here in His eternal will. Perhaps some of you would want to mark it off or highlight it in your application and go to it later again because this morning we are we are we are going to park on verse 14 which is and we urge you brothers admonish the idol encourage the faint-hearted help the weak be patient with them all now <laughs> the idol admonish the idol i feel like this morning that was what i have to do here the idol Idle means unruly, insubordinate, and unarranged, something that's in disarray. Now, I wasn't trying to be clever here, but I wrote it how I've experienced becoming idle. Have anybody else here felt like they've become idle at a stage in their lives? Now, I grew up with my dad fixing Datsun uh, 12 and 1400s. Anybody here in the congregation know what that is? Those tiny little cars that you could soup up, Machtag. Hey, you knows it, eh? You knows it. But that thing could stand in idle for days. Can you guys remember? And then sometimes on that, it's a drink petrol. Then I would lean in and go. Isn't it the most annoying sound in the world? Huh? I think sometimes when we idle, God is like, that is the most annoying sound in the world. <laughs> Rather just switch the engine off. Huh? Or anybody grew up with neighbors that had a Ford Cortina? And you go, rrr, 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 fill it up, rrr, 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 fill it up. Because you take half a tank with every time you, you do it. But that sound on a Sunday afternoon, isn't it the most annoying thing when a car just idles? You cannot fall asleep. It's like it's it's not white noise. It's just noise. Hey, is it just me? I think that's how we are sometimes to God when we become idle. But what I said, it it happens quicker than I thought, but slow enough not for me to notice. Anybody else felt find themselves in that category? Before you know it. I'm a a Datsun that idles to the annoyance of Christ. No movement whatsoever, just noise. And then I ask myself, but how did it happen? And I look back and I can see, there was a journey to this. And most of the time, the journey was by choice. For me at least. So the part of verse 14 that I'd like to focus on is the part that says, encourage the faint-hearted. Because I tell you, when my heart is in this thing for God, wild horses will not hold me back. The staff at the moment are reeling because I am there. (laughs) I am there. Yvonne has got a little notebook that she runs with and she writes and she's like, I'll I'll get to it. When? When are you going to get to it? We need to get to it. We need to get to it. We are planning something. There's a, a, a design that needs to happen. There is a meeting that needs to be planned. There is a calendar that needs to go out. People needs to know, need to know about the missions. Do one Who feel kind Kos. And you can't give me the figures. The stuff they are reeling because when my heart is there, my heart is there. But let me tell you, you notice when my heart is faint. There's this poem that I used to love in school that said, slow, slow, and stop. Where the little boy goes and it says, out, out. <laughs> he cuts his hand off with a circular saw and then it says, little, I think, less. Or, Fran, help me out. No, you must know the poem. <laughs> but, it, but it's like how his heart stops. And they, they alliterate it and they, they do it through, through. And they say, first it was a little, then there was less. And then there was none. And that's how my heart is. You know, like if you had to put that monitor on me, a spiritual monitor that had to tell you what the beat of my heart is, it would go little, less, none. But it's noticeable, isn't it? Who's had a friend who you thought, I'm so concerned, I need to pray, I need to talk to this person, I don't know how, but I just see them slipping away. What is it that you notice? It is their hearts for God that is growing faint, fainter, faintest. Laugh all you want, it makes sense. Faint hearted. And here our wise apostle says, Encourage the faint hearted. I'd preached a sermon in Zimbabwe on encouragement in the base church years ago. And I was reminded about that because I don't know if I've ever shared it with us as a people. But there's a Hebrew word for encourage, there's a Greek word for encourage, and then I thought just for good measure we throw in the English word for encourage. But the, the Hebrew word is, 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 if I remember correctly, it's shakazak or something like that. But in essence, what it means is when you encourage something, when it's translated to the word encourage, it is to to give that thing strength like you would with cement that has to cure. When you throw a slab of cement, I'm now speaking as if I'm an engineer, but I'm not. I'm hoping Guy isn't here, but I see Hugh is here, but that's all right. But you put cement down and you wet it for days. You let it dry, you wet it again, you let it dry. It's the curing process. It hardens to the point where it's so hard and you can polish it so shiny that if a, 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 what do you call it, a a marble, a gun, if it drops on it, it doesn't break. Because it has cured properly. Encourage in the Hebrew context. You would remind each other about the truth about God, about Yahweh, Adonai, Yeshua. You would remind each other to the point where it became good in your life that there was only courage left. No doubt, no fear, nothing else. That truth about who he is and that he's for you is so secure that you will do what David did. I will charge an army. I will scale a wall. I will take on a giant with a slingshot. Encouraged. It was used in a, in a literal sense, but also in a figurative sense, if you get that. They would tell stories to their, their um, soldiers about what God had done. Because it would encourage them. Are you, st- are you telling stories about God? When was the last time you told somebody about a testimony that you heard? When is the last time we heard a testimony in this congregation? Ish. Us as elders. We've started sounding like dads and buckies. <laughs> Dats and cars. The, the Greek one is, I think it's parakleo. And you know they speak about the Holy Spirit as parakletos. The... the And the word that you read as as encouraged here also means comfort. It means beseech, exhort, and entreat. That you will tell somebody. You will entreat them. You will say to them, make a treaty to remember and do what you need to do. Take courage, take heed, rise up, and do it. (laughs) When last Have you encouraged somebody to come with you on a journey, even if the journey was just to 133 on first, which happens to be our location (laughs) for those that didn't know that? (laughs) When last? The English is simple, to give support, to give confidence, to give hope when you encourage someone. Isn't it lovely? Give hope. And God knows, don't we need hope? If you just look at the news and you look at the parliament, God knows we need hope. Are you giving hope to your friends, your family? To anybody you see, are you giving hope? Are you filling with confidence? In the English, English language, they also said encourage good means to develop and to stimulate. Encourage. I've got ten things that I think encourages us. If you've become idle like me and you have fought Baki or a Datsun, this is how we get back to encouraging ourselves in God. In Acts 15 verse 32, it says, with many words, and encourage them with many words. And I take this That if you've lost courage and you've become idle, hear the vision of God for your life. In as many words as you need to, I have called you by name for a time such as this, for a place such as this, for a future that is hopeful. Remind yourself with as many vision brimming verses as you possibly can and see how the courage rises up in you. Can I remind you that we are LRC, which stands for Love Reaching Communities. It is His love reaching our communities. Perhaps I should say it all 30 30 minutes that I have, so that you can be filled with the reality of what you have partnered with when you said, God, I'm a member of LRC. Your love reaching my communities. God, how can your love reach my communities with as many words as possible? Fill yourself with a vision of God for your life. The second one, Acts 16 verse 40 says, I encouraged them and departed. Now I like that. I like things to be succinct and quick when it comes to me. I can, I can keep you captured. I can talk to you like that. You know, Have you seen that meme that says there's a... There's this, a fine line between a hostage situation and a long sermon. Have you, have you seen that meme? When it suits me, I just want to be as verbose as possible. But when you talk to me, you better be as succinct as possible. <laughs> but for me, this speaks about the trust. When I say to you, God has called you to go on a mission. You've confirmed it. They've confirmed it. You've got the bucks. Now go. I trust you. Sometimes we need to hear, to be encouraged by one another to say, God trusts you. That's why he gave you the vision. Go. And just go. No long stories. No excuses. Just hear it and go. But we confuse the one for the other. After vision is set, action needs to follow. (laughs) And you need to know that you are trusted. Take courage from that. The third thing. Acts 18, 24, Apollos, he goes with guns blazing into the area and he tells everybody about Jesus, but he gets some of the facts wrong. And they say to him, wait, 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 let us just tell you what it truly is. He corrects himself and he just, he, he carries on. What encourages us <laughs> to go for God is Correction. Can you take it? Very quiet. Where's Derek? Amen. Give us an amen. Thank you. Correction. But we steer away from it, don't we? Like asking for feedback after you've preached. I'll ask that one. one. No. No, That one. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it was a God moment, wasn't it? (sighs) He's so good. But that one that's going to say, you could have elaborated a little bit more on Apollo. and I don't think you got it right. No, 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 no. That one you avoid. Correction in God, under God, is healthy. Because it gives you the freedom to say, I know what I'm talking about. The truth has been tested, and it stands. The facts are the facts. My God is an internal God. Jesus came and he died, but heaven knows he was resurrected and ascended into glory for all eternity. Not he became one of the prophets and possibly he is, no, he is the son of God who did this for me. And you've got the courage to share. Number four, Acts 27 Now Paul is sitting with the people and there's an impending shipwreck. The storms are there and he says to them like a good coach, he gives them a little pep talk and he says, eat something for heaven's sake. You are looking very weak and very gaunt. They eat something. All of a sudden as they eat, they've got the faculties back. They throw the, the stuff overboard so it lightens the it it makes the ship lighter, and it still crashes (laughs) I don't know but it it happens courage comes when we receive wisdom and perspective now I want to say anyone on this eldership team you can trust they have been ordained by God they know how to interpret scripture they know how to hear his voice you can trust for sure Wisdom and perspective right there. What you read in the Word of God, you can trust. Wisdom and perspective. Very good. I just want to remind you that you are his child, and he will be speaking to you directly, as much as he speaks to you through your siblings. There comes a time as a parent when you say, buti." Go call your sister, call the siblings now. But then you don't sit with the sibling and you say, Heath, can you please tell Tabitha? I'm I'm very unhappy with her. Tell your sister. (laughs) As a parent, you speak to your children. But nowadays, this man of God syndrome has taken over the world. You can't hear God for yourself. We will hear him for you. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. It's not at all what is written in his word. Perspective and wisdom. Because let me give you the, the, the flip side of this. People read this thing and they went to go and take care of the orphans and the widows. And all of a sudden all the men leave their wives to go and take care of the widows. nah Nah-uh. is not the correct interpretation. Please get perspective and wisdom on that. But he is your dad, and he wants you to hear his voice. Wisdom and perspective. Number five, Romans 1, verse 12. They were mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And isn't that what we see with Caleb? He says, Let's go. Yes, let's go. We can take this land. And the other people say, are you nuts? They're giants. They eat grapes the size of your head. And his friend tunes him. "Ah, oh, come on, we can do it. I've got faith. God is with us. Who's gone on a mission trip with somebody like that? All of a sudden, you can conquer people that you are so scared of. We can do this. Mutually encouraged by your faith. Surround yourself with people that are filled with faith in God. Filled with faith in God. You know, sometimes it takes faith just to come to a congregation meeting, a celebration meeting like this. Are you hoying out faith for somebody else to come with? Where is those friends that, that you know they, they just they don't have the faith at the moment? Where are they? Are you just leaving them there by the wayside? Or are you saying, come, here's my faith, hook onto it. Let's do this together. Encouraged by our mutual faith. Number six, actions, and this one I love. It says, when you now go and you eat the food that was offered to idols, will other people that are not as mature in their faith, that see you eating it, not presume that it is the practice of a good Christian? Therefore, do not do it. So we give the right actions, don't we? And we encourage each other with that. Like every now and again, you guys go, that's good. Amen, Johan. Good point. Or something to work with. And those actions are good. But we are not so decisive on the actions that are causing distraction and others to trip off, are we? No. No. Yeah, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm just a man. But the word says that if you know not to do it, let your actions show not doing it. Because that will encourage others not to do it. Your actions encourage others, whether it's for God or doing what you shouldn't be against him, your actions encourage others. Number seven. Prophesy one by one. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And as you get mutual revelation, my little crude summary of that scripture. Prophesy one by one. And if somebody else has already said this, just go to them and tell you, I had the same thing. Don't rush to the mic and also share it. That's when you get those long contributions. I just want to confirm what that person said. I just want to confirm what those three people said. I just want to confirm what the entire Christian community ever said. Have the humility to know when God has spoken, He's spoken. You know? That's what this speaks of me. For to be encouraged, you you need to be responsive in humility and in revelation. You know, humility will cause you not to go and reshare what has been shared and been heard, but it will also cause you to go and share what God is saying because you know it's Him, it's not you. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. I love, uh, somebody said to me, you know God speaks to me, and for others it sounds like gibberish. But He knows me, and He speaks to me the way I understand it. And He uses me for those that will have the same language that I do. Humility in God. I'm not going to speak when it's not my turn, but I'm also not going to keep quiet when I've heard from God. Be encouraged. Number eight. Colossians two verse one to five. I've got to read this. Please open your Bible It's So beautiful.. Colossians 2 verse one to five. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea. And for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I'm absent in body, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith. In Christ when we stand together in love as a community and we stand accountable to one another we are encouraged that is how we encourage one another that is how I build you up how I give you the strength and you give me the strength that the truth about Christ is cured in our lives so firm that you can drop something heavy on it and it will not shatter That is the encouraging us that we find comfort and we beseech each other and we entreat each other. That's when we give confidence to one another. That's when we we stimulate one another into action. When we are together. We stand together. Knit together in love in Christ. Number nine, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 12. I'm encouraging you to walk in the way that honors God. To a great extent, secular society has lost their conscience, has lost their sanity, and we get to stand in a place that says, I will honor my God. Now, I don't know about you guys, But even as a pastor, it's what I'm devoted to, it's what I get paid to do. It is difficult. There is abuse, (laughs) there is attack, there is ridicule, there is insult. I get it. The easiest thing is to say, yeah, well, maybe it's out of context how I honor God's word, how I honor what he has said, how I bow my head and thank him for everything I have before I eat. I remember the day back in in the day when it was applauded when you prayed with your family in a restaurant. It was looked and frowned upon if you did not. Nowadays, I'm infringing on somebody's human rights and I do it in a public space. You can't do that because it offends me because I don't believe that there is a God and why must I thank Him for what I've worked for? I want to say on this point, honoring God encourages us. Honoring His word will give us the strength to walk. But encouraging one another to honor God will make us a a, a church on a mission for Him. The last one, number 10. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. (laughs) You want to be encouraged? Do the will of God. You want to encourage somebody? Tell them what the will of God is. We are going to have communion together. Now, I don't know where you fall in the scale of one to, maybe one to four. One being, I'm good. Uh, I've got a handle on vision. Maybe four being, I've got no handle on correction. I can't take it at all. I don't know where you fall on these things. The first one was vision. Fill yourself with vision. The second one was trust. You are trusted and trust yourself and trust others to do what God has called them to do. The third one is take correction like a good soldier. How do you do that for others? Give correction in love. The fourth one is seek wisdom and perspective but still hear his voice. The fifth one, faith, mutual faith. The sixth one, your actions or sometimes when there shouldn't be actions. The seventh one, humility and revelation. The eighth one, are you together in community and do you stand accountable to that community? The ninth one, honor God. And the tenth one, seek his will for your life. I don't know where you fall. I pick the simple scale of one to four because there's no middle one. <laughs> and Otherwise, we all pick number three when I say in a scale of one to five. I'm a three. I'm a three. I'm a three. I'm not a three. At least be honest with yourself if you're not going to be honest with me. But one, two, three, and four. Where do you fall? One being great, four being terrible. It's not an indictment. It's not a condemnation. It's something for you to be aware. We must go and grow. Something you can pursue God as we fast. We remind ourselves of what Tab said this morning. He is the creator of the world who spoke and created the universe but decided to form you and me with his hands, leaving indelibly a part of himself as creator in you. Just like da Vinci and the great masters left a piece of themselves in every painting, he left it in you. He loves you, and He won't leave you where you are. And He doesn't want to leave you in the circumstances where you are. He wants to translate you from glory to glory, from darkness to light, maybe in a few areas, maybe in one. But this morning when we go to the communion table, He says, as often as you can, do this in remembrance of me. This morning what I'm suggesting to us as a congregation is can we have communion and say, God, where do you want to come and encourage me today? Come and fill me with strength and confidence to walk as a better ambassador, apostle, representative, better Christian for you. I Remind us, we don't walk in this to gain his favor and acceptance. We walk in a way to please him because we know that we are accepted. But can I ask you as we have communion, can we do that as individuals before God today and say, Father, search my heart. Know me. Make me aware. Work in me. Is that all right? Thank you, Father, that this morning we sit around your word and we sit around your table and we want to remind ourselves that it's all about Jesus. It's about Jesus in our lives. Jesus through our lives. Jesus being glorified. Jesus, the worthy one, the name that is above all else. I pray, God, that as we have communion with you, that it will truly be an intimate, intimate act of surrender and awareness in you so that we can walk this journey with courage, with confidence, with direction. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to come. Grab the elements, cracker, the grape juice. And let's really search his heart for what it is that he wants to speak to us. Now, there is encouragement that we receive from God to do things. Vision, direction happens. Then there's encouragement received from one another to journey together, not so. And then there's just encouragement from me to me (laughs) on the conviction points. Take courage. But this morning I'm very aware that this message falls somewhere between absolutely practical to absolutely theoretical. (laughs) Certain things are absolutely practical, clear. I can go and do this. I can hear from God. I can bring somebody and invite them. Other things, possibly a bit more direction. When I ask the ministry team to be here to pray with you, where there's that, that great but God, now what now? Because I do believe God wants to encourage us as a people. And the way he does that is he encourages the individual So that the collective will be full of courage, full of truth, full of resilience. I don't want to conclude it too quickly. I want to give you the time to come and say, somebody needs to stand with me. Now in a body this size, there's a potential that no one wants prayer. We've seen that. (laughs) But there's also the possibility that many of us want prayer. so at the beginning of the year I'm going to ask you to be a little bit vulnerable maybe you can close all your eyes we don't embarrass one another I'm actually quite okay with people seeing when I stand before God but it's your call, close your eyes and say God I want to stand before you today because I need courage sometimes just to live sometimes to journey with you And God, what you're telling me to do is just too much. I can't journey this. Maybe that's where you are. I ask you to stand. Stand before God, not before me. I'm not just standing because I'm preaching, I'm standing because I need the courage of God. The journey that's lying ahead of us as a church for us as elders is not just going to be a walk in the park. I know this. (laughs) It's a challenge on every front. This time is challenging. If you need to stand before God and say, God, fill me with courage, take the courage and do it. New seasons ahead of us. Take the courage and do it. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we need you. That scripture in Exodus, it says, God, we cannot go without you. I'm standing for that first and foremost, Lord. I'm saying, Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. I desire your voice to be loud and clear in my life like never before, God. This journey ahead of us, Lord, it feels like Solomon had to build a temple for Yahweh. Yahweh. Overwhelmingly big, Lord. God, we stand before you. Come and strengthen, empower, envision, encourage us, Jesus. Just where you are. Maybe as an act of surrender, you want to put your hands in the air and say, God, I surrender. Maybe you just want to say, Lord, come. Come, Lord. Pray for your anointing to rest on each and every individual, Father. Each and every individual that, that says, I'm willing to stand and be counted for you. I'm encouraged for this new season. I'm scared beyond measure, but I'm encouraged by this season. Father, we pray now your hand upon them, your anointing on them. Holy Spirit, may they feel the heaviness of your presence on them. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father feel like God is saying he's raising up Davids and Daniels Davids and Daniels Davids and Daniels brave courageous leaders and wise and righteous leaders Father we thank you for a group of leaders that you are commissioning Lord that you are raising up Father for new seasons ahead of people new seasons in what they are called to new seasons in what they will put their hand to We thank you for this, Jesus. I feel like God is saying the old is gone, the new has come. In structure, in form, in voice, in authority, in countenance. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
0: Just feel this morning that there's some people who maybe you're sitting, maybe you're standing, but you're saying, Lord, the spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. This chain around my leg that holds me to the sins of my past, that holds me to addiction, that holds me to um, a longing that is not of you. And this morning, you're saying, God, how could it be me? And I just feel this morning, God is saying, it's still you. I want you. I choose you. So I just want to pray over you this morning. God, I pray that you'd come right now and you would break chains, Lord God. I pray that you would bring freedom among those that are are held back, that are bound by the things that are not of you, Lord Jesus, that this morning you would break people free from addiction, from their past, Lord God, from the things that hold them back or make them feel unworthy, but that God, this morning, you would anoint them and your worthiness and your holiness and your glory would shine in their lives this morning, Lord God. We ask that your freedom would come in this place right now, Lord God, as a new mantle, as you mandate people, Lord Jesus, and call them forward that this morning there would be nothing to hold any one of us back, Lord God, that your freedom and your power would come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. If you're feeling faint-hearted then, and don't know what to do, then maybe this in from Ephesians will help, where Paul said, be filled with the Spirit. Nothing logical, nothing specific, but be filled with the Spirit. And that will result in your overflowing with songs and poems and living a, with her Holy Spirit's song in your heart each day. It's Ephesians 5. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Amen. I'm going to ask you guys (laughs) that stood for God and for courage to be ready to pray for the people that will come for prayer. I do believe God has done an anointing today. I think the new season ahead of you is amazing. I wish I could tell you it's not going to be scary, (laughs) but it is probably very, very scary because in Him things are bigger than what we can dream, fathom, or imagine. So for those of you that didn't stand right now, if you wanna still come for prayer, you can come as we close the service and somebody will come and pray with you. Is that all right? Other than that, happy fasting.
0: Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.